Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's Women of Fintech podcast. Today I've got Helen Bevis, Business Relationship Director of SteelEye. Um, and today we're going to be talking about how compliance itself has become more disruptive and a source of opportunity in today's tech world. So there's loads that we're going to go into, but to kick things off, Helen, welcome. Thank you very much for being here. Um, tell us about your new role. Thank you. Um, it's great to do these kind of things. Um, it just gives another audience to uh, everything that's going on in our world at the moment, especially yeah. in compliance. And compliance is a cool place to be. Uh, so, yeah, pretty new to Steeline. Steeline um, is, is a relatively new company yeah. um, and it's only been going sort of 18 months. So I joined them um, pretty much sort of the end of February. Um, and with that, it's still being sort of very early days, but yeah. I feel like I'm kind of one of the family. Great. Um, I'm getting very much involved in everything that they do from uh, marketing to building partnerships to going to talk to clients. Um, so it's really kind of a, a very broad spectrum. But Amazing being startup feel then, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody yeah. kind of gets their hands dirty and uh, gets involved with everything, which I absolutely love. Um, and it's very much kind of my kind of area to be yeah. in. I just feel that all the experience that I've got over the last 20 odd years in finance, mm. um, ha it has accumulated so that I can contribute and hopefully, uh, you know, provide some expertise in, in a lot of different areas. So, yeah, um, yeah very happy to be at Stillife. Yeah, it's great to hear. Um, and what about your background and, and how you got into such having such a compliance focus? Um, well, I, yeah, I never actually intended to be in compliance at all. Um, after I graduated, I pretty much started straight away in uh, Lloyds of London, um, but I kind of quickly moved on yep. um, and ended up being in the financial sector working for Newton Investment Managers. Um, and I can remember quite vividly uh, sort of my first two um, New Year's Eves working, one with the 1999, which yeah. was uh, the introduction of the Euro FX into the industry. Yeah. Um, so spending my millennial, well, I was to say millennial, but spending my New Year's Eve yeah. um, working through making sure all the calculations for the portfolios right. had been changed That's correctly. a big commitment. Um, and then not to be outdone, the, uh, then the next year, which was the millennial uh, yeah. bug year, uh, yeah. spending all my New Year's Eve uh, working for DLJ, working on their trading floor, making sure that none of the trading platforms had fallen over with uh, Gosh, with yeah. any little cheeky bugs. Remember that? Like, that was such... I mean, it was great to be thing. in London yeah, for, yeah. for the New Year's Eve, but uh, unfortunately I was kind of stuck underneath the desks and pulling plugs. And everyone was so worried, weren't they, that the, the whole world <laughs> would, would end because it went down to zero, zero. The <laughs> only saving grace was being on the 99th floor of the Bishop's Gate Tower. Wow. Uh, sorry, the 19, uh, was being on the 23rd floor yeah. of 99 Bishop's Gate. 99 Bishop's Gate, yeah. <laughs> where you saw the perfect view. I of bet the river. that was a great view. So fireworks, river yeah. of fire, fantastic. And not having to queue all night, but then I suppose you just have to work. So yeah, balance it both out. Um, so tell us a bit more about that trading floor experience. You've just touched upon a few things of being, being there, getting all the wires, <laughs> making sure that they're, they're plugged in the right places. 
Uh, yeah, I, I've kind of ended up um, doing a lot of trading floor technology work. Yeah. Um, I had some very good mentors in the business. Uh, so whilst I was at DLJ, I had um, a, a fantastic mentor, Maria Netley, who's uh, very well known in the business. Um, Maria helped me immensely get into the electronic trading business. Um, right. Also from DLJ and Goldman's, I have Val Harrison mm -hmm. um, on the sales trading side. Um, both are were very important to me in terms mm. of my growth uh, and the, the things that I learned within the industry. And what did they inspire you to then do? Yeah, so I think that that was probably one of the, uh, the moments that I realised that I, I needed to do much more to help other young women coming into the industry. Um, so for me, it was very much seeking out the opportunities of how I can do that. Um, and at Credit Suisse, I was able to get much more involved with the women's network, um, mm -hmm. which then stemmed from uh, being involved in Credit Suisse's to also starting independently a, a women's fintech network, um, where we were able to put on events and, um, uh, and put a website together and try to bring in as much publicity as we can to help young women in the industry feel like a, they're not alone, but also the fact that um, there are other people out there who are going through the same thing and want to really support them going through um, their career choices and yeah. what they and how they want to be. Um, so as a, as a mother myself now, it's kind of one of those things I still really feel passionate about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but choosing to, to to pursue that career. Yeah. Um, so. Electronic trading was very much kind of that next step for me and yeah. um, after supporting all the trading floors so really kind of getting to grips with uh, the fixed technology and yeah. understanding how that's utilised in and around the trading activity. Um, so I've spent many years after that working for um, the likes of Credit Suisse and Goldman Sachs and, uh, mm. and then in the end kind of uh, ending up with um, MF Global and switching yes. off the lights there when it, uh, when it went under. Um, I remember, yeah. But all of which have been fantastic opportunities. I've never had a bad experience working on a trading floor. Um, loved the banter, loved the opportunities that it gave me. Mm. Um, I've managed to, to travel the world doing my job and, uh, and that's been an absolute highlight. Yeah, that's great to hear. And um, you know, over the years, compliance itself has changed so much. I bet you've got quite a good view of that and stories to tell. Yeah, so so I think over the years, compliance has changed dramatically. Mm. Um, it used to be very much a siloed uh, background task and activity that, that happened, very much from a, a legal perspective. Um, I think that over the years, that's now manifested itself to be something very, very different. Uh, and that's got a lot to do with the regulation changes, but yeah. also to do with the fact that technology has moved forward in leaps and bounds. Um, yeah. And what we've seen, uh, especially working on the compliance side, is that the technology that has been at the forefront of trading has moved itself into the compliance space. Uh, so that we are now able to, to do quite a lot with that data. It's mm -hmm. not just about seeing where suspicious activity has come from, it's more about having the ability to use that data in a very, very different way. Mm. Um, and where it was once somebody who used to look after just equities, now it's somebody who needs to not only understand the equities business, it's somebody who needs to understand the trading activity, the algos, the business processes, mm. um, but also in terms of 
multi-asset. Uh, everything is now very much overlaid together as mm. opposed to just being siloed. Yeah, so it's a much wider skill set that's needed nowadays. Is there anything to add to those asset classes, maybe some traits that people need to become a compliance expert? Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the, the, obviously there's been a massive spend in the compliance department yeah. um, and that's not just having the technology, that's having the right skilled people yeah. in the right areas for the business. Um, so legal and law backgrounds are still very much relevant, but now yeah. it's much more looking at things like data science, understanding the behavioral elements of data, mm. not just being able to um, look and understand again with that, that sort yeah. of suspicious activity but being able to identify where there are trends there are patterns and being able to spot other um, activities that are going on in your business but also it's to do with making sure that you understand things like your algo trading and the algos that are, are being utilized um, from a compliance standpoint you now need to understand where they're activated, how they're activated, uh, whether there are controls in place, what happens when you test them, how does that then impact any results that are mm -hmm. coming through the system. So it's not just being able to identify whether a law or a rule has been broken, there's much more to it mm. now. It's not as black and white. It's, no. It's and really, it's, there's a lot of grey, I suppose you can't say that in yeah. compliance, but, <laughs> but it's, it's not as uh, straightforward, it's more complex now. Yeah, and, and, and of course the, the people that are involved now, it's much more widespread. Um, yeah. it's, uh, so anybody can get into compliance um, with the passion and the understanding of the data, yeah. as well as being, you're seeing now that a lot of traders have swapped yeah. from being in the front office to being in compliance, uh, because they do understand the activity that, that is going on, mm -hmm. and they are able to apply that knowledge in a very different way. Yeah. And that whole data science piece that you spoke about, we haven't seen a growth market like data science, well I haven't in, in 15 years yeah. In, yeah. of technology. It's always been around but it's never been in finance. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting to watch it for sure. So um, what do you think the reputation of compliance is today? So I, I think uh, compliance as a department has changed um, and again that, that comes down to the regulation but also yeah. um, it's a much cooler, much funkier place yeah. to be. Um, it's not the, the kind of the boring background yeah. activity that it used to um, actually have a reputation for. Um, compliance is now very much for and front of decision making mm. so they have to be a part of that. Um, people are personally, the personal personally accountable for mm. um, the reputation of the company and also the activity that's taking place. So it's, it, it's changed in terms of who wants to be a part of that and mm. who wants to be actively involved. And it's normally people who are very passionate about their role, yeah. very passionate about the business. Um, and uh, there's been lots of change in that. And that's great to see, isn't it, that, that people's personalities can come through in their role and they can be passionate and, and show that in their day to day because that's where the biggest changes happen yeah. when someone's really looking into those details. So could you tell us a bit more about compliance itself and how it can thrive in a startup culture of innovation and creation? Yeah, so I think the, the likes of the company of CLI mm. um, is a, a particularly pertinent in this business because um, they're utilizing technology that has been designed predominantly for data mm. uh, and they're using the skill sets that have come from that to analyze and be adapted for compliance use. 
uh, and the creativity around the actual technology has been um, has been fantastic because we're using the things like machine learning uh, mm. where actively this makes a lot of difference for mm. people who are utilizing the platforms they want to be able to reduce their time they want to be able to reduce their costs um, but also they want an easy to use screen that they can see and visualize the data that's been kind of stored away in little pockets yeah. um, and now they can bring that all together and start to be really kind of smart with the way that they're working yeah. and I think that that's how uh, the likes of Steeleye are really bringing mm. forward those types of components and technology. Yeah, so um, as you said you've been with Steeleye um, a few months now, what would you say have been your proudest moments and then also what would you say have been Steeleye in general's proudest moments? Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, tough one. I, I, I think so. Obviously, I've only just been there a, a, yeah. um, a few months, yeah. but um, being there, one of the, the best things about being there and the proudest things is being in a team of people who are absolutely as passionate as I am about what they're trying to achieve. Um, you yeah. get a, a really good, strong feeling of the buzz. Um, the activity, the energy that everybody is putting forward to make sure that not only the, the company is a success, but also in terms of making sure that everybody else is, is helping one another to achieve that. That's good. Um, and that to me is, is a really nice thing to be mm. a part of. Mm. Um, the other thing is obviously being asked by uh, Matt Smith, our CEO, to help him collect an award that we won earlier this year. Congrats. Um, and that is, again, it's a very proud moment for me to be not only accepted into the company, but to be able to be able to accept that award mm. with him. Um, so that's really good as well. Yeah, that says a lot. And definitely great proudest moment examples. Love yeah. them. <laughs> um, so what would you say is next for Steeleye? Um, well, Steeleye is, is, is doing fabulously well at the yeah. moment, which is great news. Um, but there's still loads that we haven't done. Uh, okay. In terms of obviously being a startup, we've got a huge development pipeline that we want to be able to get out there and give to our client base. Mm -hmm. um, and that only makes it much more um, user friendly, but also much more attractive as a platform because there's so much more that we can add to it. Um, and there's a lot we're doing with the data. There's a lot we're doing with the intelligence around that data. Uh, so watch your space. It's, yes, uh, <laughs> watch this space. It, it, there's, there's, there's loads more to come from yeah. Steeleye. So definitely everyone watch this space um, and please do get in contact with Helen um, or with Steeleye in general if you've got any interest or questions around compliance and how you can allow it to thrive within your company. Thanks so much for joining us Helen and please tune in again for the next FinTech Focus Women of FinTech podcast. Thank you very much for having me.